And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson at Doc Manson. That's my name. Don't wear it out. DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Something happened this weekend that was so novel. You even mentioned it yourself. What's that? For those who don't know, and I believe this to be everybody, the Manson family and the Matthews family uh, had breakfast or brunch this week. I got to stop you there and correct you. Mrs. Manson will be listening, and she knows. Very true. She does. Uh, We went to a diner, and we got some food. And usually, and I say this with a good amount of affection, because I, my wife and I get up early enough that when we go to breakfast and brunch with the Mansons, this is our essentially second breakfast. We are hobbits. I would like to point out, Folks listening to this broadcast, we met to eat breakfast at 9.30 a.m. in the morning, and D.C. Matthews was considering ordering lunch. I was. It was 9.30 in the morning. That is, I am sorry, I don't know who you are, what time you get up, but 9.30, I think we can all agree, is squarely in the realm of breakfast time. So, this is usually, let me get to my damn story. (laughs) This is usually the first time that Doc has eaten. And normally he will eat his breakfast and often he will finish Mrs. Manson's breakfast. He'll have a bite of her waffle. He'll have a bite of her French toast or whatever. But on this day, I see clearly uh, Doc Manson did not even finish his own breakfast. Wait a minute. That's what you wanted to bring up? Were yes. you and Mrs. Matthews like commenting about how I didn't finish my own breakfast? No. Like on I, the entire ride home? I noticed it. I didn't say anything. No. You did not come up for quite a while after we left the breakfast place. Um, Guys just didn't want to mention it, huh? But I just thought it was interesting because, again, usually you are, you know, Hungry after a long night. I don't know if it's you getting up in the morning with the dog. I don't know what it is. but And you commented on it. You said so yourself. You're like, I don't know that I've ever not finished. A, I didn't even eat all my sausage. My question, my question is, is it because of the quality of the food? No, it was, was delicious. It? Okay. And in fact, I did eat that last slice of French toast. The next morning for breakfast. Mm-hmm. That is good. If you get to save it and have it the next day, that is lovely. It's a good way to go. Indeed it is. And indeed it was. What is new in the life of Doc Manson? How are things? How's, how's work? How's life? How life is all right, DC. Um, as I told you via text, I almost didn't show up to the show tonight. And I hope you weren't offended by that statement. I feel like you might have been a little bit. No. Because you sent back a message saying, well, if you've got better things to do. Um, Here's what I tell you. I do not have better things to do. Here's what I presume. Okay. I presume that you are working till five-ish, as you often do or did in the past. I'm presuming you have dinner to eat with your wife. You have a new puppy at home. 
You have an older puppy who still needs attention. Um, you have not just one, but two fantastic podcasts that you were in charge of. And knowing you as I do. You're talking about Sound Scary and Horrid, right? Correct. Not this shit. <laughs> oh. um, and knowing you as I do, you could have picked up another job, you know, in between us having brunch on Sunday and us recording today. So I don't ever want to presume that you are completely free and open. And when you say that you would have forgotten about the show, admittedly, it was a holiday weekend. It does not feel like a Wednesday. No, so that's been my problem all day. It hasn't felt like a Wednesday. And because I don't really have to work on Tuesdays, don't get me wrong, I was answering emails. I was prepping some slides. I was going over my stuff. I did do work yesterday, but I didn't go anywhere. Um, today felt like Monday, really hard. Sure. And so, not yeah. even Not even thinking about the podcast. No, not at all. Um, so there's that. But I again, I want you to know, DC, there's nowhere I'd rather be. Nowhere at all. I do well, not. I, I guess I could be on a stage somewhere getting a check for $50,000. I mean, I'd rather be. There, there are many but. other places you would rather be, but I do not doubt. Mm, not many if money's not involved. If the guy from the haunted attraction in New Hampshire had called you and said, hey, come on up. We need your help working on some stuff. You might have wanted to be there. If he had called and said. Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I have a job that needs doing and only Doc Manson can take care of it. I yeah. need you and no one else. It needs your expertise. Then and only then with that heaping of praise, sure. might I have been swayed to say, oh, I have this podcast. But if I'm really that important to this plan, well, I'll see what I can do. If are it was just a normal phone call, I don't know. That's that's a pretty far way to drive. I, I don't know. Are they still in business that place? They are. They are thriving. I would love to go back. I know it's difficult with now two pups, but even a day trip just to go and see what it's like in the daytime. Yeah, it's awful far to go down to stay to see the night show, though. You don't think it's far, but. No, we will do that drip drive in a day easily, but that's just us. Um, what, are you, what are you snacking on there? Before I had a piece of homemade banana bread. Nice. Now I'm chewing on animal crackers. Along with my pumpkin spice coffee. Hey, there it is. <clears throat> homemade store-bought. Both. I store-bought the grounds for this pumpkin spice coffee, and I brewed it at home. I have become a tea drinker in the last few weeks. You mentioned. I now know how to steep with the best of them. Well, then you're not far off from a French press. That's fair. Since you asked, Doc Manson. What are you eating? Oh, thank you. There it is. I think they're French fries of some sort. I am eating a giant bowl of French fries slathered in ketchup, and I will tell you why. Tell me. <clears throat> when I see a giant thing of fries slathered in ketchup... Do you know what I think of? Chip? Jay? Who are those Ch people? Chip, for one. Yes, Chip. I think of the fair, Doc Manson. <laughs> I think of the fair. And we had a long conversation over breakfast about a fair. You went to a fair. And so I worked last evening 
knowing this podcast was coming, I worked on some things, and we're going to spend a good amount of time talking about the fair. <clears throat> Not only that, I have asked the besties to chime in with some of their thoughts about fairs. We are going to have a fair time talking about the fair. I went to the, I went to you the You are so pleased with yourself right now. I just want you to know this look of complete and utter smugditude that I am seeing in yep. this Skype window right now. It's not just the fries that are that are slathered. I should have got a napkin. Cuz yep, fair, fair. Um just wipe yeah. it on your shirt. It'll be fine. That's what a true fair goer would do. I usually do. go for the shorts, but you're right. Um I went to the bestie chat because I knew that would be a place that you would not look. Accurate. And we didn't get a ton of comments, but we have some emails. We may read some emails out of order today because some people are chiming in about the fair. Uh, I do like how you're still calling it Twitter, though. I'm not going to call it X. That's what the logo is. That's a stupid logo. If you go to X.com, that's where it takes you. Yeah, but if I go to Twitter.com, that's also where it takes me. Well, that's true. When they stop letting Twitter take me there, then maybe I'll change the name or I'll just get off it altogether. I haven't decided yet. What do you think about fairs, Doc? Obviously, you like them enough. You went to one this weekend. Uh, I like all the fried food that you can eat at them. And there's something about being at a fair that makes it feel like eating all of that fried food is a free pass. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the best fair you have ever been to? I mean, probably the Big E, known as the Eastern States Expo. Big yep. big thing on the East Coast here where we're located. Um, sort of a giant fair that brings together all of the states of New England, more or less, right? It's essentially our regional. You know, bigger states have a state fair. We have a regional fair, and that would be the Big E. And that's probably it just because of the sheer amount of variety on display there from, you know, the items in the home goods um, building to the livestock to the food options uh, to the creatures of the fair walking about in their attire. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the people watching all that. Uh, that's probably the one because it's got the most variety. And I think all other fairs are essentially the same, just of different sizes. And there is, at some point, a fair that is too small, and it ceases to be interesting as a result, I think. Yes. Um, but most are fine. Now, I believe your hometown, <clears throat> or perhaps the towns in its region, had a local fair. Was that a place you frequented in your younger days? In my youth, absolutely. It was a four-town fair. Yes, um, and we, in uh, high school, the marching band would march in the parade that then led to the fair. Oh, so that's it was definitely part of my annual activities for sure. Um, but I would say now, I, I have gone back, I think, once with my current spouse. <coughs> you say that. <laughs> <laughs> you say that, and the word current has a slight connotation of temporary. I'm going to assume that's not how you meant it, but that is slightly what how it came across. 
Uh, so my current spouse and yes. I did go to this fair. <clears throat> and I would say that it came across as, I believe the term might be rinky dink. Oh, yes. Uh, only two sort of lanes of stuff and mm-hmm. not very interesting compared to other places. But as, you know, a younger person who didn't go places and whatever, sure. uh, it seemed pretty cool at the time. Uh, reality <clears throat> grew- check, it ain't. Yes, so, I yeah. grew up in a town that also had a local fair, just the single town. <clears throat> it was fairly large. Um, you know, ah, not. I see what you did there. Ah, I didn't even plan on it. But yes, uh, it was. It was decent sized and there were all of the, you know, the rides and the games and the things. And we'll get back to each of those in turn. Oh, you better believe I've got brackets, baby. You also better believe I have a text. Current spouse? (laughs) Uh, Are you planning for another? Just, Just thought I'd throw that out there. Of course not. Of course not. There is only one uh, woman that can tame the passionate flames inside Doc Manson, and that would be Mrs. Manson. Clearly. He's nodding vigorously, just so you know. The vigorous nodding. He's almost almost headbanging on the pop filter with the vigorous nodding. Uh, I went back. I I believe I have taken my only eternal spouse uh, to that fair. And yes, we were, we were fairly unimpressed. Plus I don't know about you. I hate going back to my hometown. There's little good there. So I greatly enjoyed when my parents moved to the next town over because now there is no reason for me to spend any amount of time in my hometown because I will inevitably see somebody that I know. And I, for whatever reason, I do not want to be associated with the type of person I was uh, when I lived in that town. So, anyways. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I feel that badly about my town, but there's not a lot to do there. There's not a lot for me there at this point. So, whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, So... Let's start here. Again, I wanted to sort of get a sense of what people thought about fairs. I really wanted the UK perspective because I do not know if a UK, if one of our lovely UK fans even knows what I mean when I'm talking about a fair. My Uh, guess is their idea of a fair is way more racist. So I didn't take that for what you will, UK besties. Yeah. So here we go. This is from Che, who chimed in via the Bestie chat. His favorite ride is called the Waltzer. Are you familiar with a Waltzer? Is it anything like Walter? I don't believe so. Darn it. We will, again, we will dive into rides uh, in some sense. We will not, it'll not be a comprehensive list. What is the Waltzer? This looks like. Essentially, you would like sit in a seat and it's almost like a carousel, except it kind of goes up and down and it's got dark. It's dark and it's got bright like neon lights. And it probably goes pretty fast. Yeah. If so, I'm imagining there's there's some rides here called like a Matterhorn. And I imagine I believe that that. is that is exactly the same type of thing. Okay. And then he went with uh, foods, chili dogs slash churros. So, again, we are in the same ballpark. Uh, um, we are, although, now that you mention it, 
While I don't think a chili dog would be an odd item to eat at a fair. Not something you see a lot of. I don't think I've saw any chili dogs at the fairs that I've been to recently. Yeah. Churros were definitely there. He did mention that fairs are generally run by the Romani. That's what I meant by increasingly racist. Yes. I know it's not actually racist just to state the fact that that's who tends to run these things. And even here, I do feel like a lot of these... um, these carnivals are run by what I would just term "quote unquote" carnies, yes. you know, and I and I suppose that's probably the same idea as their gypsy traveler community or or whatever you might call mm-hmm. it. <clears throat> so then we go to our, our our emails here. Nate chimed in. I'm only going to read the fair part. We can then go back and unpack some of his other things. This past Friday, I indeed went to the great Minnesota get-together, the state fair. Nothing I say can really do it justice to just how big it is. If I had to guess, it's probably three to four miles wide and two miles long. I would imagine... Do you think that's something like the Big E, or do you think the Big E is I think the Big E might be a little bit smaller, but not by much. Okay. I don't usually do rides, but my favorites I've done would be the log ride, mouse trap, and your basic roller coaster. A few years ago, I went on the big swing where you're strapped in and you swing a few hundred feet in the air. The Minnesota Fair also introduces a ton of new food every year, and some are really weird and some are to die for. <clears throat> what I ate this year were cheese curds, four flavors, ranch, garlic, original, and jalapeno. Hmm. Deep fried Reese's peanut butter cup. They had those at the fair I was at. Did not get one, but they had them. Cake batter mini donuts with custard on the inside. Mm. A cherry shake. That sounds good. Deep fried alligator. I have had alligator. I do not know if it was deep fried. I had um, the I I, I had when I was down south. I had. Basically, you know, like a, a clam fritter, like with all that, like um, breading and you know, there's clams like inside. All yep. I had that with alligator in it. So that's kind of the idea. <clears throat> uh, I believe Glenn's entire email is fair grounded. Hi, guys. At the request of D.C., some carnival and fairs in the U.K. information. London hosts the largest carnival in Europe with the Notting Hill Carnival which is held over the Sunday and Monday of our August bank holiday weekend. It was started in 1966 by the local Caribbean community and gets over 2 million visitors to the area over the two days. But no sooner has one than one has finished, the participants are working on costume and floats for the next year's event. I've been lucky to have DJed at the event twice, playing reggae and salsa music. Is there very nothing loud. this man hasn't done? <clears throat> He's got to write a book. He has to write a book. Um, I think it's interesting. You know, you mentioned a parade. My local fair had no parade whatsoever. Um, a lot of the local fairs I, I know of now don't have that. You know, that's more of a carnival sort of thing as uh, what's his name? Creed says in the office carnival. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the traditional fairs over here are generally mobile affairs run by the traveling communities. With all the usual fairground rides and booths, cotton candy, and hot dogs are the nutritional staples of these fairs. We also have traditional fets in fairs where the more eccentric Englishness comes out, with things like largest vegetable competitions, cake baking, and of course, Morris dancing. I would like more information. I don't I'll cover know what that more. Is. 
I'll cover more of the more eccentric activities in next week's email. But for now, thanks as always, Glenn. Glenn, thank you. I will say that. <clears throat> so it sounds like they have things. A- some of those eccentricities made it to the New England, right? We have those largest vegetable competitions. We have yes. the cake baking. And, yeah, and that so is, forth. I think, you know, the fairs around here are more, they are agricultural in nature. You can see, uh, you know, animals, which is, I think, Mrs. Manson's one of her favorite elements of going to the fair. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> there are, you know, yes, there are competitions for um, vegetables. There are farm machine competitions oftentimes. Lots of sculptures made of butter. I don't know why that's a thing. And but that sand. Is, and sand. And sand. So. But you enjoyed yourself. Yeah. I mean, just like when I take a vacation, and, and I think as uh, Nate sort of mentioned in his email, when I go to a fair, I eat my way across the fairground. Um, so, you know, this time I had a giant donut, which I enjoyed immensely. Um it's basically just a big fluffy donut with uh, granulated sugar on it. But like it hit the spot for me. It was like what I could, it's like what I remember and what I want fried dough to be. And I think it's something that I would probably eat on the annual now because <clears throat> fried dough to me is not what it used to be. Sure. When we were kids, I think fried dough was fluffier. There was more filling to it. Now, everywhere you go, the fried dough is like real thin and crispy, and there's hardly any filling. It's like I don't, I don't know, man. Like this. <clears throat> did donut. you ever get? Did you ever get the savory fried dough? Like I saw some, they would put like marinara on it. Oh yeah, would, absolutely. I never did that. I always went for the sweet stuff. Yeah, sweet I mean, boy. don't get me wrong. Especially now, as I've gotten older, this is probably sounds weird. I do nothing but the sweet stuff. I like the powdered sugar. I like the cinnamon sugar, that sort of thing. Um, but definitely had some marineras here and there as a kid. Mm-hmm. I think my mom didn't mind passing off fried dough as like my lunch at a fair when I was a kid. Because eh, oh, sure. it's basically a pizza, you know. I mean, <clears throat> I think if you're going to go to a fair, you are accepting the fact that you are going to eat. Like, you, you've been to more fairs than I have recently. There are no giant salad booths at the fair. No, uh, you're no, not going so. to the fair to jump in the fruit cocktail line. Well, you like, could get a smoothie. If you if you're going to the fair, I think you're going to eat some decadent food. That, did you feel did you did you feel sick afterwards or were you OK? I was good. I mean, I had right. that giant donut. I split it with the missus. I had a giant turkey leg and that was mm-hmm. all protein. I mean, it's just a smoked turkey leg, right? So that's not that bad in the grand scheme of things, although it's probably been brined and probably has a ton of salt. So, I mean, it is what it is. Now, now let's 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 just transition into it. I have picked 16 of what I consider and research is considered to be the classic fair foods. All right. I'd like you to narrow it down to just one. This is the first Challenge of three. Accepted. First of three tournaments. This is the smallest or the largest of them. Oh, okay. Uh, the first ma- the first matchup: fried Oreos versus fried butter. Oreos. Yeah, I mean that it's was it. Delicious. <clears throat> that was a gimme. That's a number one seed there. The waffle Sunday. So oftentimes they take a big, kind of thick waffle and you put the toppings on it. Sometimes ice cream's on it. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just hot fudge and whipped cream and sprinkles on top of a Sometimes waffle. there's fruit, too. They'll do blueberries or true. strawberries. Very so. true. So yeah. the waffle sundae or, as you mentioned, the fried dough. Ooh, uh, I will go with the fried dough because for me, that's a, that's a classic. That's a must-have. Mm-hmm. We are on the sweet side. This is the sweet end of the bracket. 
uh, a dessert pizza, which could also be considered perhaps a fried dough, depending on how they prepare it, or cotton candy. I will go with cotton candy, although cotton candy is not something that I've had mm-hmm. recently. Um, the most recent time was probably going back like four or five years. Now, it wasn't at a fair. It was at a local farmer's market because there was a stand that made cotton candy out of maple syrup. So it was maple cotton candy, and that was awesome. I believe that. That was so good. <clears throat> and then the final matchup in the sweet side of the bracket, the cannoli dip, which is they take sort of a cannoli shell, but it's flat, and the ricotta filling is a dip and you literally scoop it out like I've never seen that chips affair, and salsa but that it is something delicious. that is something they do serve at the biggie or this one's this one hits near and dear to my heart the oversized cream puff oh. much like myself <laughs> yeah uh no yeah oversized cream puff definitely takes that for me that is right. quite delish need some lactate but it's delish jumping over to the savory end uh-huh the turkey leg Okay. Large, smoked. I mean, it's pr- going to win this primal. entire bracket, I think, but let's, let's go with it. Barbecue ribs. Yeah, turkey leg. It's uh, more convenient than barbecue ribs, which has got sauce slathered mm-hmm. on it. Turkey leg is dry. It's easier to consume one-handed, uh, and you get to walk around feeling like a fucking caveman with a giant hunk of meat on the end of a bone and what is cooler than that i ask you nothing is the answer because it is rhetorical good sir the fair fries again near and dear to my heart and this is a this is a large sort of category here you can pick your favorite version meat on a stick is a turkey leg meat on a stick technically yes but i'm referring to like I have often gone to fairs where they'll have like a chicken skewer sort of thing or a beef kebab sort of thing. Given that the bucket of French fries these days usually comes with all sorts of topping options. Yes. Cheese, bacon, and gravy, and you know, whatever. We'll I get would to probably that. That go is, with that. I will mention poutine is later in the bracket, which is a separate uh, Okay. All so right. I don't uh, think I've ever gotten a skewer for a savory thing. Yeah. Although one of my favorite things is a frozen banana on a skewer, which then gets dipped in chocolate, yes. rolled in peanuts, that sort of thing. I did have one at the fair this weekend, and it was mm-hmm. delicious. Um, but yeah, I think I'll go with the, the fry bucket. Yeah. I know that I have gone to fairs with my wife, and we have decided on the meat on a stick because that is the healthiest thing we can find. And we're like, look, at least it's grilled. It's not fried. Like we, <clears throat> The donut burger, which is sort of your savory sweet. I've had that before. Usually it's uh, like a Krispy Kreme donut sliced in half, a burger yep. patty in the middle, typically with bacon. Um, I thought it was largely unremarkable to the point that I would never eat it again. So what's it up against? It's up against another technically meat on a stick option, the corn dog. Oh, corn dog, 100%. Corn dog is classic. Corn dog is classic, especially the footlong corn dogs, the double size. Jesus, those are good. I have seen my wife go to town on her fair share of foot size long corn dogs, and it never fails to arouse me. Is this the current wife? The current spouse, yes. Okay, yeah. 
Poutine, as we mentioned, fries, cheese, curds, gravy, whatever, maybe some cut up hot dog. Or, and again, this is a, you can, you can pick and choose a barbecue sandwich. I'll go with the barbecue sandwich because I feel like that can in- include something with like turkey, which isn't necessarily barbecue, but like yeah. the Thanksgiving gobbler yeah. style sandwich. Sure. So I, I'll go I, with We that. could open that to any sort of thing. You yeah. Know, your pulled pork, your brisket, that sort of thing. All right. Second round. Fried Oreos, fried dough. I will go with the fried dough. I think fried Oreos can be superior. Um, but when they're done badly, fried Oreos aren't very good. And fried dough is, don't get me wrong, as I just lamented earlier, I feel like it's becoming more of a rarity to find good fried dough, but it's still the classic. And yeah, it takes it for me. Cotton candy or the cream puff? Cream puff all the way. The turkey leg or the fair fries? Uh, The turkey leg for sure. Corn dog, barbecue sandwich. I'll go with the corn dog. All right. We can break this up and have a sweet winner and a savory winner. Uh, Fried dough or the cream puff? I'm going to go with fried dough. Wow. Which, interestingly enough, in and of itself is not sweet. It's savory. It's only when you add the toppings that it becomes sweet. I'd like to point out that you have mentioned now multiple times, both on this show and in our previous conversation, about how bad you think it is. So you're going with this is pristine fried dough. It is. It's the idea of fried dough, I think. Sure. Um, or that big donut I even just recently had. If that counts as fried dough, and I don't see why it shouldn't. Oh, that's true. It's dough that was fried. That's a good point. That's a good um, point. It was, yeah, that's so Doc good. Manson, ever looking for a loophole. Uh, the turkey leg or the corn dog? For me, it's the turkey leg. For Mrs. Manson, it's the corn dog. But since this is my bracket, turkey leg all the way. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Rather than pick an ultimate winner, have you ever considered taking the meat off the turkey leg and putting it inside fried dough like a taco. Never considered it, but I'm open to it. That'd be pretty good. I will say, if I have to pick one, I think turkey leg takes it for me. Only because, like, a turkey leg like that, you just, you know, even, like, when you make a turkey at home, you are not getting a turkey leg like that turkey leg. <clears throat> not, not that I make you, fried not dough unless at home. You're, not unless you're smoking it yourself like and like on top of that i have definitely gone to fairs and gotten the turkey leg and passed over the fried dough so i think just from history speaking um when push comes to shove i do show preference to the turkey leg. fair enough what is your drink of choice at a fair typically if i'm going to purchase something just a, a lemonade of some sort i think that's uh cool and refreshing and mm-hmm. if I'm going to spend $8 on a drink, it feels better to spend it on the lemonade than it does the bottled water. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. It is an expensive proposition. You were mentioning how the prices of the fair food has that skyrocketed. That turkey leg was $17. Yeah. 17 <clears throat> Yeah. You're, you're, if you're going to the fair, you're like, look, I'm going to spend $100, $150, and let's just accept it and... And move we on. did spend, I think, in total a hundred dollars or so that day. Yeah. Between tickets and parking and food. It's a lot. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now you commented on the rides and your thoughts on the rides. I'd like you to share those here. I share your thoughts, but I think you will be more eloquent in sharing them. 
How do you feel about fair rides? I don't care for them, sir. Um, Why not? I prefer my thrill rides uh, to be stationary, which is to say have been erected in place with the idea that they should exist there with some permanence. And they are likely, or I should say less likely, to have been constructed by someone who may or may not have been eyeing copious amounts of alcohol during said construction. I agree. I went on rides as a kid, but as soon as I was able to realize that, hey, this wasn't here last week, (laughs) it won't be here next week. And, to, and don't get me wrong. It's not. I want to I realize, like statistically, it's not like there's yes. some rash of, of of people dying on fair rides or anything. No. But I the idea wanna, just doesn't sit well with. Me. I do want to apologize to Shawn Michaels, but when you get to when you walk up and you see that the person running the ride is looking in two different places at once, you're like, you know. I, I will also say, uh, it's it's funny because obviously. I have no problem getting food at the fair, and food, as we just said, is expensive. But there is something to me about buying tickets to a fair and then having to buy additional tickets for the yes. ride. That also I don't remember that being the case when we were younger, me. or it was cheaper. It was like eight tickets for you know two dollars. It was like a yeah. quarter ticket. What? Now, like the idea of going to an amusement park where I pay for admission and all the rides are just included. Yes. Like that feels better to me, even sure. if the admission to that amusement park is f- considerably more expensive than mm-hmm. admission to the fair. There's something about that, the economics of that, that just rubs me the wrong <clears throat> way and doesn't make me want to engage. That is often what will stop us from going, especially to the biggie, besides the fact that traffic is horrendous, um, is that. You pay you pay thirty dollars just for the privilege of walking in. You have nothing to eat. You all all you have is you have gone from this pot piece of grass to this piece of grass, and that costs you thirty dollars. Don't forget parking. Yeah. Uh, let us presume that for the following eight rides, uh, they are sturdy. You feel completely safe. I just want to know what your preferences are. The Ferris wheel. Or the Tilt-A-Whirl. Which one is the Tilt-A-Whirl? You're in a cage, essentially, that sort of goes up and down, but the cage itself can also spin. Oh, okay. I think we had something like that called, like, the zipper or something. Yes, that was also a name for it, but... The Tilt-A-Whirl that I'm seeing when I Google that looks way more like teacups, by the way. Oh, um, I meant the Regardless, um, I'm going to go with the Ferris wheel. Ferris wheel is not an exciting thrill ride, but it is a nice, relaxing ride. It gets you above the crowds. You get to look mm-hmm. out over the geography of where you are. I can I can find value in a nice, relaxing Ferris wheel ride. So I will go with that. <clears throat> Do you prefer the one where you're sitting facing in one direction and they sort of buckle you in? Or some of the bigger ones are like round almost like a gondola sort of situation, and you don't have a buckle. You're sitting and you can, like, hold on to the central pole. I think I like the central pole idea. Yeah. Yeah. I do as well. Uh, I'm cheating a little here because this is technically not a ride, but I think you would have appreciated it as a kid. 
the fun house sort of thing where you sort of walk through, there's mirrors, there's a suspension bridge. You might have to climb a net of some some sort. Out of curiosity, uh, does the dark ride appear on this list anywhere? Because a dark ride and a fun house are different. The dark ride is like the haunted house where you'd line up, you'd get in the little cart, the motorized cart, you'd sit in it. It would take you through different sets. Things would be spring-loaded, popping out. Um, That's a dark ride. Is that on this list at all? Sure. Okay. Um, So fun house, okay. Or what's the option here? Uh, The carousel. Just a regular old merry-go-round. You know, I don't think I appreciated merry-go-rounds as a child very much. Um, I might have picked the fun house if I was younger, Doc Manson, but I have come to appreciate the craft of the merry-go-round, particularly when you look at like the older merry-go-rounds and like the actual wood carved horses and how intricate some of those decorations could be. There was a real yes. artistry to that, uh, which I really do appreciate. So I'll go, I'll go with the merry-go-round. We <clears throat> went in the past few weeks, we saw some extended family. I've got, cousins that have children and we went and hung out with them for a bit and we went on a or they went on a carousel and yeah the the you appreciate it and i appreciate that there are some of the animals that do not go yeah, some up are stationary yep. yes and the fact that this didn't happen but just when you would get a kid who would go and jump on one of those because it was a tiger or something and they realized too late that <laughs> they're not going to get that and then they're just sad the whole time that's that's good. You're an awful person. <laughs> Thank you. The swings, you, the it's giant a large swings. set of the giant swings. It takes you up. I don't know if it's hundreds of feet, but you're up high in the air, going around. Yeah. Or the gravitron. The gravitron is the thing that just sort of spins and holds yes. you against the wall, and you sort of like are pinned back against the wall. I do G-forces. like that ride quite a bit, actually. Um, and man, I'm just I'm learning here that my preferences are with the more traditionally lame rides, I guess. But I do like the giant swing. I like being up there. I like that sensation of, uh, you know, flying more or less. Uh, and there's sort of a minimal sort of seat around you. Uh, that I, I like that one. I like the giant swing. I think that one's really fun. That is my favorite. For yeah. someone who I don't like roller coasters at all or anything like that, like the swings, I could handle. <clears throat> this is a triple threat match to a, just because. Uh, the dark ride, of course. We of course, that was there. Yeah. The dark ride, bumper cars. Okay, or the bumpy slide. There would always be a slide that sort of, and you would like sit in like <laughs> almost like a potato sack, uh-huh. and like just break your coccyx by just slamming against the like horizontal part before going back down again. Uh, yeah, of these particular ones, I will go with the dark ride. No, dark course. rides again. I, I like more in theory um, because, again, they tend to be haunted houses and things like that. Don't be wrong. They're not exciting. They're not fast-paced. They're not – then usually they're, they're kind of lame. But there is a charm to them that I, I, I do love. And bumper cars, again, just like you were talking about with the slide, I feel like it's a good way to fuck up your back. Um, even when I was a kid, I remember being jolted in those things and not thinking they were particularly fun. Um, so, yeah, forget bumper cars. Yeah. Whirly ball is is the far superior uh, bumper cars variation. Are you familiar with whirly ball? That's like lacrosse, but you're in a bumper car. Yeah. Yeah, I played that at somebody's 
bachelor yeah, it's, party. It's in, yeah, it's not that far from where you grew up was a whirly ball court. That was fun. We did that at summer camp a couple of times. The staff would do a staff outing for whirly ball. That was that I enjoyed. Um, Ferris wheel or carousel? I like to point out that there's no like roller coasters on this list or anything like that. The roller coasters in in the the nomadic fairs. I know those do tend to be, yeah. At best, if like, we were doing uh, yeah, if we were doing like a version. like a uh, a Six Flags or something of that ni- nature, we would include some sort of roller coaster. Okay. But they're not going to build a roller coaster that does a loop de loop or anything. You know, okay. It's a pretty lame You're roller right. coaster. So what were, what are the options? <clears throat> Ferris wheel, carousel. We're in the second round. I think I'll go with the carousel, the merry-go-round. All right. The I, actually, I actually kind of view those as, as very similar rides. Obviously, yes. one is horizontal, the other more vertical. X-axis, Y-axis. Yeah. But I, I like, again, I like the artistry of the carousel that you don't get with the Ferris wheel. I think the Ferris wheel, in terms of sensation and looking out, probably has the potential to be more awe-inspiring if those surroundings are conducive to it. But I, again, I think the artistry and the fun and the wonder of of the carousel, especially mm-hmm. for young children, I think I think there's something quintessential about that experience. I always liked that because if a carousel stops working, you get off and walk <laughs> out. If a Ferris wheel stops working, I'm You're stuck die. for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the giant swings or the dark ride? I will definitely go with the swings again. Dark rides I love more in theory than in mm-hmm. practice. Um, I want to say Ghoulies 2 takes place at a carnival. And I think part of that movie involves uh, characters going through a dark ride. And I think that's probably one of the best examples of a dark ride in horror film. I- I've always enjoyed that part of that film. But yeah, anyways, I go with the, with the <clears throat> giant swings here. The giant swings or the carousel? Again, both yeah. sort of horizontal, just one high up in the air. Yeah. I think I I think I, I find the swings if I if you ask me which was the most fun, it's probably the swings, like that sensation, the exhilaration of that. Mm-hmm. Uh but again, I think as I'm getting older and slowing down, there's something about the carousel that is magical. So I, I will give it to the carousel. Do you think there's a place where they have a carousel that is just like high up in the air? And again, <laughs> it would need to be enclosed because obviously you're. Isn't going, there like a rotating be... restaurant? That's essentially. That's essentially <laughs> what I'm talking about. Like a car- like a giant carousel on like the you know 90th floor of a building. So you're perfectly safe. You're enclosed, but you're going around and you're seeing the sights of the city while I- that would and be just pretty barfing cool. the entire time. <laughs> uh, there's one other thing we did not mention either in our uh, earlier discussion or so far here. And that would be the games, the competitions. You know how much I love competitions. I know how much you love competitions, and I know how much you love games of chance and games of skill. Oh, yeah. Especially these incredibly fair (laughs) ones that they have here. Yeah. Uh, So very quickly, if you had to, would you rather do a test of strength with the giant mallet or would you rather a smaller mallet and you whack those moles? Test of strength. I think that's fine. Right. Uh, the ring toss or the milk can? Milk cans, you're trying to knock them over with a baseball or something? <clears throat> you're trying to get the baseball into the milk can. Oh. What was so, the other you know, one? The, 
the ring toss where you have rings and you're trying to get them over bottles or of those i will go with the ring toss again you know obviously the both seem incredibly frustrating to me yes yes designed to not let you win at all uh the balloon darts a a favorite as a child uh and any of the ones that involve the water gun the horse race, the filling up the, you know, Something sort of thing. tells me Mrs. Manson likes those. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, going back to my childhood, for some reason, I was always drawn to that dart game. Sure. That always felt fair in some way to mm-hmm. me. So I, I liked that game. So I will go with the, with the balloon darts. Uh, and then we have skee-ball or the basketball, which, again, could also be considered arcade games, but did exist in fairs. Skee-ball or... Basketball. You know, you got the basketball. You have a certain amount of time. I will go with the skee-ball. I will go with the skee-ball because I had a basketball hoop in my driveway, so that was not... Mm -hmm. How often was that getting used? When I was younger, often. I played basketball recreationally through, like, eighth grade. So growing up, I I dribbled and shot quite a bit. I'm actually... I can't can't dribble worth a damn in a game. Um, I'm definitely not a forward or anything like that, but I have a decent uh, shot, or at least I did at one time. Probably not anymore. Um, So, yeah, yeah. Basketball is all right, though. All right, second round. The test of strength or the ring toss? I'll go test of strength. One thing about the test of strength that's nice, being a relatively smaller individual, right? I'm only like five foot eight on a good day. Um, I feel like, you know, the people running these things would peg me as a tiny little nothing. And so whatever they're doing to adjust the strength, they yes. would they would loosen it up for me. And I feel like when I would do the test of strength, and I have done test of strength several times, I would usually do quite well, if not ring that bell, because I think they underestimated um, the power that I was actually able to provide. Much like Mick Foley, you are deceptively strong. It's true. It's true. Uh, the balloon darts or skee ball? Of those, I think I preferred the darts. Um, but skee ball is definitely a lot more fun on just a daily basis. But as a, as a mm-hmm. fair thing, I think the darts are novel enough and kind of cool. And then finally, the test of strength or the balloon darts? I will go with the balloon. No, no, I will not. I will go with the test of strength, actually. I think that just says fair to me. Although I will say... Yes. <clears throat> I don't know that I saw a test of strength of the fair I was just at. Although, I feel like I don't know. If I, I haven't noticed this game area. I was going to say, I feel like I haven't noticed the games, but I think it is a section of the fair that we just avoid because we have no interest. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm that not going to try, right. try to win my wife an oversized stuffed animal. I'll just buy her one. If I want, when to. I was much, much younger, I won myself a frame picture of David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson as their characters from the X-Files nice. playing the balloon dart game. So, are you excited to watch David Duchovny's new movie? He has a new movie. <laughs> He's going to be in a romantic comedy with Meg Ryan. Is he going to be a porn addicted pervert or something like Californication? I don't believe so. I think he always just... makes he always chooses um, movies and shows and things where characters are strange. Um, I, I believe he's just going to be a guy, but I suppose I don't know for sure. Huh. It wasn't mentioned in the trailer. All right. Uh, We should mention the big wrestling news. It's been the third week in a row where we have had big wrestling news. Thankfully, uh, to the best of my knowledge, nobody has passed away. Uh, But we did lose uh, 
a talent, Tony Khan, supposedly based on all manner of speculation that I've seen online, fearing for his life and safety, yeah, uh, right. has terminated the con- contract of one chick magnet punk. Doc Manson, your thoughts? Uh, um, uh, um, articulate and well said as always, Doc. Very good. Um, I would say unsurprising given CM Punk's r- more recent track record mm-hmm. who am i kidding more recent track record he's kind of seemed like a dick for a real long yeah. time now yeah so and he's, this is speaking of somebody who really liked cm punk back in the day and someone who was really willing to give him a chance when he did show up in aew yep i just yeah i uh there is nothing about that man that i think i can respect at this point so Good riddance to bad rubbish. It feels as if he is going out of his way to just burn bridges. And I'm like, I don't know if he thought he was trying to be like, quote unquote, cool or quote unquote, sticking it to the online fans, or if he just thinks so highly of himself that. I remember after the first set of issues after all in. Or was that all out? Whatever or last got year. Bit. Yeah, I recently remember though. You know, uh, John Moxley, Dean Ambrose, got called back from what was going to be an extended vacation because they suddenly needed him to fill the main event at AEW. And I remember as part of that, one of his on-screen promos. I don't remember what his exact words were. It was a good promo, but he was basically ripping on CM Punk because at that point didn't seem clear whether or not Punk would be back or whatever. I just, the thing that I remember is he said fragile ego. That was one part of what he said. And that 100% seems to be the man, Phil Brooks. He seems to have some sort of complex. I don't know if you would call it an inferiority complex or what, but he's paranoid, delusional. He seems to think everybody is out to get him. And, you know, mm-hmm. back in the day when he was in the WWE and everybody had their opinions of Vince McMahon and the people in charge there, like you could see how that line of thinking seemed justified. And you yeah. could see how that built this sort of grassroots, dare I say, cult-like following that cemented the legacy and legend of CM Punk. But, like, everything that's happened since he's gotten to the AEW, like, Tony Khan is supposed to be this schmuck who you can just roll over. All the people in AEW are these small timers who should be grateful that this Mm. legend is here, giving them advice and whatever. And yet everything you hear about this guy interacting with people, he just comes off sounding like he's a complete jackass. And without that... Without that protection of Vince McMahon or the boogeyman of Vince McMahon to make it seem like the way CM Punk is acting is somehow justified, it just exposes him as this, again, fragile ego, pathetic. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah, like I, there's nothing there to respect anymore, I don't think. He's had some great matches, and you can respect those <clears throat> matches. Like, that's fine. We've sure. had the conversation of the art versus the artist or whatever in regards to people who have done worse things than CM Punk. 100%. Um, But like 
I just, yeah, there's nothing left there. There's there's nothing left to from that well that I want to see. So for the best, yeah. may you this know, be the last time we hear of him. The number of stories that, you know, went around and did CM Punk do something and then t- Tony Khan led a CM Punk chant backstage. I don't know. Sounds like some, sounds a story I would believe. I don't know if it's true or not. I, I don't know. I'd like to believe that he's done because I, I can't imagine with the exception of maybe like the NWA with EC3 running the show or whatever is going on over there. I'd like to think that no other company would want to devote the time and inclination to him. There was all sorts of reports. Oh, he'll go back to WWE. Why? All he's going to do is the exact same thing. I mean, honestly, yeah, Vince McMahon might see dollar signs in CM Punk. Yeah. Especially after that, the Wembley Stadium ticket gate sales, whatever you want to express that. Um but uh, and, and Vince McMahon certainly has been willing to put things aside and look past sure. things when he thinks he can make a buck. But I will say, even if they do bring him in, which I think is a long shot, like yeah. beyond like a three month, six month program, he ain't going to be around long and he ain't going to be happy. Well, and, and this is it. Like, I didn't realize this till just now, but we are close to this Endeavor WWE deal being finalized, in which case the WWE and the UFC will essentially be owned by the same people. CM Punk did have a infamously bad MMA career. Like, is he thinking that WWE is going to want him back or that maybe the Endeavor people are going to want him back? I I don't know. He's not going to go to Impact. He's not going to feel that that's going to be beneath him. He's not going to ring of honors owned by AEW. He can't go there. I don't think they want to deal with him in Japan. So I'd like him to just go away. And, you know, maybe after a few years, although we thought this in 2014, when he left the first time we were talking about, I remember having, you know, Google doc conversations with you back when we were the number two contenders about CM Punk and Daniel Bryan and all of this sort of thing. Um, I'd like to think that he would eventually, you know, be humbled, but that doesn't seem to be in the cards. So fare thee well, Phil, fare thee well. That's about all I got in the wrestling news. Uh, are you ready for the emails? The emails, what, what the emails? Bring it on DC. Uh, let's go to Nate and finish the email. He said fares and other stuff. I do. I, part of me wants to go to like the Minnesota State Fair, or the Iowa State Fair, just to just to see what it's like. What is the weirdest food you've ever had? Probably an olive. Would you like to explain? I don't know. I don't like olives. They're salty. I don't understand them. They have a weird color. Uh, they, they just don't look fresh. And people love them, but I don't like anything. I don't like anything. Ones? I don't like anything about olives, except green for olives, ones, black oil. ones. The green ones are the ones that I think look strangest. But yeah, I don't like any of them. I, so I grew up eating black olives uh, quite a lot. I I've I've either lost my taste for them or there's only like one specific brand of a black olive that I like. I will Not, eat. I forget what they're called, but they're like. Mediterranean olives that you will get sure. on like Mediterranean salads 
They, they yeah. start with a K or something. Kalamata. Yeah. Those are of a milder, milder flavor that I will eat as part of a salad, but I ain't missing them if they're not there. All right. I know it's I'm probably not what people were looking for, but b- black garlic, which is apparently wildly popular, is disgusting. That's a weird thing. Truffle oil is not something I like. And yet it's yeah. like this decadent thing that like is supposed to be like expensive and delicious and it just tastes like dirt. I don't I don't get it. Would you like truffle oil on those fries? No, I, no, I would not. I had a I had a Papardelli pasta at our local fancy Italian place that had truffle oil, and it was not good. I'm not a truffle fan. Um, mushrooms in general are weird. Yeah, I like them in my Asian soups and things. Yes. but that's yeah. about. I'm just it. I'm just talking about just like a weird food. Although, not even like one. There is now more frequently mainstream these. Mush powdered mushroom products that they sell like as coffee replacements. One popular one that I see advertisements for is called Mud Water. Yeah, I've seen that. And I will say, I am intrigued by the idea. And I do think that mushrooms have a good deal of minerals in them and various compounds, which potentially could be healthy to have in higher quantities. So that something about that intrigues me mm-hmm. but i look at the prices and i'm like <laughs> i am not made of money yeah um yeah i'm trying to think of like a weird exotic type of food i don't i'm not that type of eater um would it count I if i that- said like octopus octopus sushimi like yeah, octopus, that was it. But like, I believe I have had a couple of bites of like pickled chi- uh, pig's feet, okay, or something like that, or chicken feet, which is a weird thing to say. Yeah, but that's yeah. probably it. Uh, next week, I'll be getting a PS5, so cool. I can play the new Mortal Kombat game and Spider-Man games. Quite excited to pick it up next Thursday. If you have HBO Max, Doc, all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies are on there now in 90% of the Friday the 13th. What are your thoughts on the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise? Jesus. Cheers to you both. Have a great night. Time for bed. How, how do I sum this up? Um, I love A Nightmare on Elm Street. It is the quintessential horror series as far as I'm concerned. I think that first film is excellent. Freddy is scary and gross, and I love uh, the first kill in that film, and I love the idea of Freddy Krueger, and I love all the ideas of the slasher genre that they expounded upon and, 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 and like took to this ridiculous level of how he could basically have any weapon and do anything and be in any situation because it's all just happening in dreams. Really creative, great idea. And really cool. And I love the way that over the course of the 80s and the 90s, how Freddy evolved from this scary character into the stand-up comedian with the one lines and how it became increasingly cheesy and you became more and more rooting for him as the series went on. Like, it's very much a time and place thing. I don't know if any of that stuff works for people who didn't grow up in the era and watch these movies as they were coming out. You might look at them now and say, this is cheesy garbage fest but 
at the time, man, that was the place to be. And again, it was a, it, because of the premise, it was allowed to be infinitely more creative than was Friday the 13th or any other comparable uh, slasher franchise, right? So it was just imaginative and fun in ways that other horror movies were not or could not be. And I love all of that. And I love Robert Englund. I think Robert Englund is a fantastic actor. And I love the energy that he brings to Freddy Krueger as a character. I love the performance. I, I, he is Freddy Krueger to me and to many fans out there. Um, I know, obviously, he was played by... Uh, what was that guy's name? In the remake? Earl Haley or something? Is that an actor? What is that guy's name? Um, I'll look it up. You keep talking. And he did a fine job, but it wasn't Robert England. You know what I mean? So, oh, Jackie Earl Haley, Jackie uh, Earl Haley, Rorschach from the yes, Watchmen. Yes, that's right. He did a fine job, but it it wasn't it wasn't Robert England. You know. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I love that series. I don't know how well it's aged, but I think it's fan freaking fantastic. Is that such a perfect match of actor to character that you would rather not see anyone else try to be Freddy Krueger? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because, like, to me, I think that pairing is more important even than, like, Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones. I think Indiana Jones you could replace with another actor. And not only would it not matter, I think at this point it would make for a better franchise. Because mm-hmm. really, the, the the charm, especially of the first two Indiana Jones movies, less so the third, but still, to an extent, the third, and not at all the fourth or the fifth, but the charm of the original films is that he is Adventure Man, right? He is just this, this modern-day version of just an adventurer. He's a professor. He's a world-renowned his, history um, scholar. He he goes on adventures across the world. He's an archaeologist. He's got guns and he fist fights and he's a man's man and he gets the ladies, right? That's all just coming from decades worth of pulp novels and, and television shows, right? There's nothing about Indiana Jones that's interesting as an individual, those original movies work because he's interesting as a character and he's a cipher for the audience, especially the men in the audience who just say, wow, that guy is cool and I want to be that guy. And the ladies swoon because, oh, he's a sexy man. He gets job the job done. He's smart, too. And he knows how to treat a lady. He's not just all brute. You know what I mean? That's the appeal of that character. It has nothing to do with him as an individual and as, as a result, I think, has very little to do with the charms of Harrison Ford. It's the reason why... In the later films, Harrison Ford can't not wear the jacket. He can't not wear the hat because that is the character. There's nothing to the character beyond the costume and the idea of what he is. And so the later films, when they start trying to make him into a character where they give him, for some reason in the fourth one, the lady from the first film who was just happened to be there was really the love of his life and he had a kid with her and he has a son now and they have a weird relationship and you should care about this character because he's a character now. That's the reason why those films don't work because they're trying to force a character on something that 
really was an archetype. It wasn't meant to be a character. Um, I think Indiana Jones, you could recast, put him in the 1930s, have yourself a fun adventure, and that would be a better film than Chris Kingdom the Crystal Skull or the newest Dial of Destiny. Um, I think he works more like James Bond in a way. Um, and Freddy, well, I think maybe could work that way, hasn't, so it's difficult to to see in that manner. Yeah, that was the comparison I was making. Indiana Jones and James Bond, I feel like, are very similar. They're archetypes. Of, They're not really yes. characters in terms no. of their individual. Which, which was, you know, at some point in the later Daniel Craig ones, they started to try to flesh out who James Bond was. And I was like, that is not. And wasn't that way less for. interesting? Yeah. I don't need to know about his childhood home. I don't need to know. You about, made like, 30 nope. fucking movies in this franchise treating him as an archetype. And suddenly well, and, you decide that that's not what people want. And and they changed character. Like they changed actors. Sean Connery, Roger Moore. And it always uh, worked. Pierce Brosnan. Because Daniel he wasn't Craig. a character. It worked out great. And people had their favorites. And you could talk about who was your favorite. They could have done 10 more Indiana Jones movies. And Hugh Jackman could have been Indiana Jones for a while. Or you could have gotten, you know, it, insert your favorite actor here to play. Yep. You know, you could have. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, Brandon Banks sends us an email. Philip Jack Brooks. I'm sure you guys have at least touched on the CM Punk topic, but not sure how deep you dove in. So I'll ask a question you may have already answered. Anyway, I was asked in a DM by a, well, call it traditional style wrestling fan. Think the type of guy we used to all know that I've become buddies with on X. My thoughts and I told him I thought he was asked his thoughts. He was asked his thoughts. And I told him I thought Punk pretty much deserved it and did it to himself. As I told DC, yes, I'm a fan, but he's a jackass. I don't know if my buddy was playing devil's advocate or really thought this way, but he said they shouldn't have fired him. He's the biggest draw and brings in the most money for merch in the company. I also asked if he thought that the EVPs that ran him off the way they did Cody. I had never thought Generation Me, that's really who we're talking about, isn't it, was the reason Cody left, but rather Tony. So my buddy said that it should basically be Tony leaving, not Punk. I argued both can be true. Tony may not be fit to run a serious and large promotion, and Punk could also deserve to be fired. So my question to you guys is, what were your thoughts on this before my email? You haven't already discussed, and then have I mentioned any of this that has been either changed your minds or added another layer to your opinion on it? Keep up the work, B. Uh, your traditional wrestling friend, I don't know who they are, but based on the knowledge you gave me, they're an idiot. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I understand running a business. The reason why CM Punk remained employed after the incident and all out, why they brought yes. him back at Collision and why he had this latest run was because he was the biggest merch seller in the company. He was their biggest draw, et cetera, et cetera. That's the only reason he got a second chance. And he's proved himself, again, to be unreliable, creating an unsafe work environment for those around him. You yes. cannot maintain that atmosphere at a professional place of employment. Um, well, and, that, and that's, that's the thing. I don't have a lot of respect for Tony Khan, the businessman. I love that he's a wrestling fan. I love that he has enough money that he thinks he can make friends with these people by giving them what they wanted. But the fact that maybe, maybe it was the executive vice president's. Maybe it was more of the talent than just those people. Maybe it was somebody else. But eventually you have to be like, look, as big of a draw as this is, it's not going to work. Yeah. 
And I will also say the way that the company is currently structured and all of that, you can't fire Tony Khan. He is AEW. His money is AEW. Um, now, again, if they bring in outside investors, they go public, whatever, yeah, then Tony Khan could be replaced. But right now, as a private company, like, that's not a thing. So, yeah. No. Yeah. No. Uh, there have been big draws and big merch sellers in wrestling before. Um, and then they went away for whatever reason. The Rock went and made movies. Stone Cold left and took his ball and went home. Um, CM Punk left the first time. Uh, all of this, you know, wrestling by its nature is supposed to, you're supposed to be able to move on and find other people. And now you have Brian Danielson, who, you know, I think is going to sort of take the place once again of CM Punk, but maybe be given a bit more creative control and given a bit more, uh, you know, power and sway within the company, um, which I think can only be a good thing. So, yeah, you know, it, it is a shame that he doesn't play well with others because, yes, he is a big merch seller and you want to keep that. But it, if, you, if you keep him around and wind up losing the company because of it, it's not worth it. Uh, we hear from our friend Che. What's up, Che? Ahoy, evening gents. Not emailed in a while. Life has changed quite a lot over the last six months, which I might explain in more detail down the line. But a tall apologies for not sending in the usual drivel. Now, time for the usual drivel. Today is National Read a Book Day. So, what is your favorite book? That is a very tough question. I, I'm trying to think of a singular book. Because I could give you like my top tier list, but hmm. If you, if I say favorite book, what is the first title that comes into your brain? The first one that came into my brain today was Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain. That is one of the books that I will go back to and read multiple times, um, which I think has to be a factor of um, your favorite book. A, your, a favorite book has to be rereadable, I think. Maybe not, but um, so that is that was the one that first came to mind. I don't know if it's actually my, my final answer, you, but what about you? You might have just said this, and if so, I apologize. I wasn't listening closely enough, I guess. Is Kitchen Confidential the book that you have reread the most? I don't know, you know, there are books that I have read that I enjoyed as a kid and now are part of books I read to my class. So those books I have read more just sheer by the nature of things. I don't things. know if that exactly counts, but yeah. In terms, in terms of books I read for pleasure, I have probably read Kitchen Confidential eight to ten times. Um, I don't know if that's the most, you know, Mick Foley's book got some reading. William Regal's book got a lot of reading. Uh, 
Kevin Smith's boring ass life got a lot of reading. I don't think that would count as my favorite, but it's one that I have read before multiple times. What about you? What, what's on your short list? Well, if I were to pick the very first book that came into my brain upon reading that statement, uh, it would be the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy by Douglas Adams. Yeah. The first I have the compendium, the first one and possibly the second one. Definitely. By the time we get to the later ones, I'm less enthused. Yeah, but the first one's ones excellent. Restaurant at the End of the Universe is quite good. So Long Thanks for All the Fish is okay. The fourth one, I'm blanking on the name. The fifth one's mostly harmless. But yeah, I really mean the first one, I think, when I, when I say that specifically. Although I do think the entire saga is good. Although I, didn't, I don't think I read the sixth one, the one that was finished by... The Artemis Fowl guy. I don't know if I read mm-hmm. that one. Um, I should look into reading that, actually, now that I think about it. And if not that, it would probably be The Dark Tower by Stephen King. But once again, I've never finished that series, and I would say I'm talking about the first book in particular. Um, I just think it's a short read. You can read it pretty much overnight. It's excellent and just fun. And another book that I read, I literally read this book in one evening, I think maybe over the course of like six hours. And I, I feel bad giving this book any mention because the author and his politics are not something that I think deserve to be espoused in any positive light. But um, Orson Scott Card and his novel Ender's Game, I think Ender's Game in terms of a sci-fi novel, is just so, so good. Um, I think that book is excellent. Um, But, yeah, don't pay for it. That's all I can tell you. Um, Get it from your local library, folks. Yeah. I enjoy Bill Bryson's travel diaries, but I'm not sure that I would go back and reread them a lot. From the UK side of things, I'm a big fan of uh, UK author Brian Lumley. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really like his Necroscope book. Um, that's a whole series. I love the whole series. That first Necroscope book, I think, is also wildly imaginative. And I, I really enjoyed that one a lot as a kid. I think I will say Kitchen Confidential because just for lack of, you know, the Lonesome Dove books, which I've talked about before, those are great. But I'm not going to go back to they're too long. I'm not going to go back to those. Um Yeah, to I think that might finish Shay's email. It's also National Fight Procrastination Day. What is something you keep putting off? You need to just stop procrastinating and just do it. Hope you and yours. Hope you and yours are keeping well. All my best, my American brethren. Shay sent with a much changed mindset. Well, I look for. I hope we get to hear from you because I I am slightly concerned. I hope that life has changed over a lot is a good thing, but. Uh, Hopefully, you'll reach out and keep us posted on what's going on in your world. What is something I keep putting? I need to go to the eye doctor. I need to bring my car in to have the tires rotated. Yeah. I'm like 5,000 miles need, overdue for that. Like, I can see visible scratches on these lenses, and, you know, I am sure my vision is not as good as it could be. Um, so, I should go to the eye doctor, but I just can't bring myself to make the appointment. 
So that is something that I am procrastinating. I always procrastinate on getting my hair cut. I'll have a week where I'm like, this is starting to get too long. And then Mm -hmm. like three weeks later, I'll be like, it's long enough now that it's kind of out of the awkward phase. And it's kind of acceptable again. And then two weeks later, I'm like, Jesus, this hair needs to get cut. And I shame myself into going to an appointment. It's really difficult to convince myself to make that appointment and go. I don't know why, but. It's gotten way. I used to only go to get my hair cut like two or three times a year. And now that my wife does it in our bathroom, now it's much easier to get a haircut. Um. I, I will also say cleaning out my car, much as as GQ and Doc both know, cleaning out my car is something I rarely, if ever, do. So you'll find a pumpkin Halloween basket full of dum-dums from three years ago in there, just, just sort of randomly. Uh, Mrs. Manson sends our final email, French toast and pancakes. Dear DC, hi. So nice to see you and the missus at breakfast on Monday. Oh, it was Monday. Yes, it was Monday. Okay. Uh, I think I made the wrong choice with the pancakes. I envied Doc's French toast. He'd be so proud of me that I even left him his leftover piece the next morning and didn't steal it from the fridge. Accurate. Hope you Have you ever had leftover issues in your house? Is there some unspoken rule about leftovers? Sometimes I put little love notes on things like poison, don't eat to try to ensure that my half a chimichanga or calzone is still there for me when I go back for it. It usually works. Hope you found a new mattress. The current spouse, Mrs. Manson. Have you ever Um, opened the fridge to find a container labeled poison? Don't eat. No. Luckily for me. I (laughs) have. With rare exception. Uh, my wife's not fond of leftovers. Um, the reheating of certain foods doesn't necessarily always go great. Um, now, I do try to give her adequate time to claim leftovers because I have been known to eat something, you know, four to six hours after getting home and she goes for it the next day and it's not there. And that's not always fun. Um, but generally speaking, if by the you know, second or third meal after we've gotten home with the leftovers or, you know, cooking leftovers, it's open season on whatever it is that, that we have in there. So, um, no, we do not leave notes for each other in the fridge. We have, uh, wall dots, sort of things that we've stuck on the wall that are little whiteboards we can write on though that we write little notes to each other, but at no point has she written poison on one of those. That would be a little awkward. Uh, Thank you to Glenn and Nate and Banks and Che and Mrs. Manson for your emails. Always a pleasure to hear from you. Uh, Checking the spam folder real quick just to be sure. Nope, we're good. Doc Manson, time for that panicked look. Give me that piece of positivity. Um, hmm. Piece of positivity. Piece of positivity. Um, feels like a cop out, but sounds scary. Episode two, season two. Tremors. One of the rare times that I have seen the movie you're talking about. I bet you felt up to speed celebrating I, that classic film I sent, with us. I sent multiple texts. You did. 
to you and GQ. I'm getting very little in terms of responses, but that's okay. Um, yeah, you know, you got the dad from Family Ties. It's going to be good. Well, when your first text was essentially, you haven't mentioned anything about the dad from Family Ties yet, and knowing that you would get to it, I said, well, we'll yes. just we'll just leave that that's, one unresponded to. I wasn't necessarily expecting a response, at least not from you. GQ sometimes responds. That's but. true. That's true. But now I think he hates you, so. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I'm just trying to sow discord because I'm a jerk. No, I don't think that's true. Um, well, yes, it was she doesn't very... think I'm a jerk. I don't. I don't. I don't. You have not been a jerk in a very long Excuse time. Excuse me? I, you were a jerk. At one point, you were certainly a jerk, but you were my jerk, so it was okay. Um, Thank you? <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um. But yes, it was a very good episode. I enjoy, uh, I enjoyed the behind the fears, especially because again, I knew the movie. So I was learning things that I did not know. I found it fascinating to learn about the practical effects of how they made the graboids, graboids, grabzoids, graboids. Yeah. Yes. All right. Um, Again, there is a part in the film. I talk about it on the podcast. There's just this one shot where a character in the film is holding a gun. He drops it to the floor and the, the camera swoops down. We see the gun on the floor, swoops up. We're looking at a monster that has broken through a concrete wall and is being shot at. And it rears up like into a ceiling and like knocks stuff down. And it's this, this really fun, excellent transfer where the actor holding the gun is one part of the shot. And as the camera is moving, when, we lo- when we're looking at the gun on the ground, they change to a miniature. And when they swoop back up on the other side, we're looking at a miniature of the monster. And honestly, except for the fact that the lighting of the scene changes during that changeover, when it's passing over the gun on the ground, you honestly might not recognize the swap. It's really seamless and really fun and a really cool effect that you don't see in movies today. When I talk about the craft of movies just not being what it used to be, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about that cheap-looking CGI just will never replace. Um, there's something fun and innovative about figuring out how to do that kind of stuff and make it look like an actual real camera movement that just really excites me, that the craft of movie making. Did you find out whether or not you can access the 2018 TV show? I've heard that there have been leaks of it, but I have not found it. It, It's sort of um, compounded by the fact that there was another series, I think, on the sci-fi channel. Yeah. And so a lot of people link to that when people are talking about the 2018 thing. So I don't Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Supposedly it's out there, but I have not seriously looked for it nor have i found it yet so fair enough well yes very very good looking forward to the next episode in a couple of weeks yeah uh my piece of positivity um i will mention the fact that cooler heads haha i'm full of puns today prevailed um it has been uh a heat wave in our neck of the woods quite quite warm indeed especially uh, when you work in a public school that does not have air conditioning in classrooms. So yesterday was a particularly sweltering 
day. The morning wasn't so bad, but by the time the sun crossed over the school and started shining more directly through our windows, it was rough. Um, and I appreciate that the uh, powers that be um, decided to send people home early today. We had to stay, but we were able to be in the air-conditioned library. They really so sent people home today? As much. They sent people home, 1210. We're sending people home tomorrow, too. Wow. Are your lecture halls air-conditioned? Um, Yes. Kind it's of. It's interesting. It obviously depends on the building, the age, and the quality. Um, but most of the classrooms are air-conditioned in some form, some places, again, better than others. Um, but interestingly enough, on a college campus like that, while the classrooms tend to be air-conditioned, most of the dorms, the places where the students actually live, are not. Um, and so that seems real bad for them. And I definitely see on social media people talking about, think they'll cancel classes today? Folks, the university has never canceled classes on account of heat. And furthermore, you know, with the way that's set up, where the actual AC being in the classrooms, I don't see why they ever would, you know? Um yeah, not a thing that I'm aware of having ever happened, at least in the last 20 years. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, it was, I, I was hoping it would happen. You know, my wife got home even earlier. Um, she didn't have to stay, which was lovely for her. Again, I did not mind staying. The work that we were doing was actually helpful. Uh, we're leaving early tomorrow. I'm not. I'm hoping for Friday, but I'm not necessarily convinced. Um, but yes, the fact that I did not have to watch poor six and seven-year-olds suffer in the heat while I'm trying to make them focus on their addition facts uh, was quite nice. Well, there you have it, my loves. There is another thrilling edition of DDT Wrestling um, in which we spent a lot of time talking about a fair. And I hope you get the chance to go to whatever fair uh, you would like to go to uh, in the next few uh, weeks as we get into the autumn season. It's going to be all pumpkin all the time. Just you wait. Doc Manson, anything else you'd like to say before we head out into that good night? Well, if you'd like to have your thoughts read on the air, you can send us an email. Podcast at DDTWrestling.com is the email address. If you like what you've heard, and I don't know how you could, but if you did, head over to patreon.com forward slash DDT Wrestling to give just a little bit of financial support to DC and Doc. Every little bit helps. It helps keeps the lights on. It keeps this crazy podcast train a chug lugging along. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Have yourselves a delightful uh, week weekend however you're spending time wherever you're spending time until we meet again my friends won't you be our bestie i want a turkey leg